Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey, comrades, got a special guest on this week. I speak with Neil Schaefer. Neil has written several books. He is the, I think he's one of the foremost authorities on influence, online, social media, uh, spread the gamut between LinkedIn and YouTube. And he's got some really interesting things that uh, he wants to tell and share with you. Some of it's about general kind of self-promotion that I think you'll find interesting. And then a couple of things about LinkedIn specifically that uh, he basically wrote the book on. And he's taught me a couple of things that I think uh, we're going to have him back on and maybe devote a whole show to just LinkedIn. But I think you'll enjoy this interview. By the way, I'm Bill Kasky. Did I ever introduce myself? I don't think I did. You can find me at BillKasky.com. Some exciting things coming here in the next few weeks. I will let you know when they happen. They'll just happen and then you'll see them. And that's all I'm telling you for right now. But anyway, glad you're joining me. If you have not uh, rated or reviewed the show, I would love it if you did. Just go to iTunes and rate the Bill Kasky Show and give me the honest-to-God truth about what you think of it. Here is my interview with Neil Schaefer. I'm speaking live today with Neil Schaefer. You can find Neil at neilschaefer.com. We'll get into the spelling of Schaefer a little bit later. He has written, he's written several books. The most recent one is Age of Influence. Neil, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I was telling him before we started that I've been following him, not in a creepy way, but in a, a, a respect way over the last few years. I've, I've listened to his podcast. I've read his books, uh, or at least the most recent one. And I really like the, and, and so when I get on the phone with the guest, I say, what do you want to talk about? What's really in your heart right now? And he suggested that we talk about how a business to business salesperson or team or a VP of sales can become the trusted advisor in their market. And there's a whole lot of avenues we could go down there. But Neil, why don't you start, just give us a minute of your background. What brought you to this place where you are an expert in this whole influence uh, realm? And just give us a little background on who you are. Yeah, Bill, I mean, it's, it's, it's really an honor and a pleasure to be here today because I am known post-2008, I am known as a digital and social media marketing author, consultant, uh, I, you know, work with a lot of companies. I, I, I play the role of fractional CMO for a lot of companies right now, working from home for several of them. I teach uh, digital and social media marketing at Rutgers Business School at the Irish Management Institute in Ireland. And really though, where this all started was before social media. My background's B2B sales and I did it in Asia. So I launched China sales operations for a Japanese semiconductor company. And then I launched a Western Japanese sales office for an American embedded software company. My most successful one was working with a Canadian startup in embedded software. And I launched their Asia sales from scratch. And, 
ended up generating 30% of global revenue in two years. And what that experience allowed me to do, Bill, was really have a very, very holistic business experience. Anybody that plays the role of sales leader, I ended up being the country manager the VP of Asia sales. And what that meant was that I had to wear a lot of hats. I had to do the marketing. I had to do the hiring. I had to file in China that we could get our domain name because it was, we were filing for the first time. So when, and, and obviously when you sell in China, Japan, Korea, it's three languages, three cultures, three different types of alcohol that you're enticed to drink at night when, when you're going out with clients. And that, that, really translated well when social media boomed in 2000. And I started on LinkedIn. That was the social media for professionals. And obviously since then, uh, there was just more money in helping companies with their marketing than their sales and social media. And that's why I got known as marketing, but I still do social selling trainings. My first two books were about LinkedIn. And I, I think that, you know, when we were talking beforehand, how could I put, and my most recent book is on, on influencer marketing. For salespeople, it's really been top of mind, it's really being the first person that gets contacted when their new opportunity. And how do you become that? And I think as we continue to discuss, I used to travel and see clients monthly. In my industry, a lot of people wouldn't see a client there was unless there was a need. But if I'm going to see a client monthly, they need to want to see me. I mean, not everybody has free time to see people. And I would always bring, and I like to share this, it's something called an omiyage. And omiyage, because I speak Japanese and Chinese, omiyage is a Japanese souvenir. When Japanese travel somewhere domestically or internationally, they always bring back these little gifts, boxes of of chocolate. Hawaii, they'll bring back the chocolate uh, macadamia nuts and they give them out to people, right? In my industry, and I think it's very relevant for everybody else, that omiyage, that souvenir is information. So every month I was coming with something new, something they couldn't find on the internet because, well, the internet was still in its in, in its infancy. But you know, information about how we're helping clients, new products, how you know anything I can provide them, and that made them want to see me on a monthly basis. And that notion of content, that that's social media, that's content, top of mind. That that that's sort of the formula that we can go a little bit deeper into. But that's how I translate that pre-internet, pre-social media days into what B two B salespeople should be doing today. So we will put your uh, links to your other two books uh, on LinkedIn and other things uh, in the show notes so that way people can uh, get access to them. So I like that. I I can't pronounce the Japanese word, but I like the theory of that. Let's roll into today. So here we are uh, coming out of, I think, I hope we're coming out of a pandemic. We're coming out of what I call just business disruption. And it will probably last, I think, for a couple of years, if not more. I also believe that we were kind of heading in the digital direction, but this has kind of sped things up a little bit, which always happens when there's crises. Um, so let's let's go to the um, the, the concept of being uh, the trusted advisor, being influential in your market. And, and I want to start with how am I going to need to change my thinking? I'm a salesperson. I'm used to selling one-on-one, face-to-face, one at a time. I'm not used to writing, to producing content, to shooting video, to recording. I'm not used to doing any of that. Talk to me a little bit about some how the thinking is going to have to change. I'm with you on that business is going to change. And you're absolutely right. This is what we call the digital transformation. This has been going on for some time. It's always taking businesses and salespeople time to play catch up. But then coronavirus, it's boom. You have to go digital. 
you have to be digital first. Yeah, you can still do the cold calling and the phone call, don't get me wrong, but you really need to think digital first because you can't physically, the ability to meet people today physically is impaired in, in some way, no matter where you live. If you're wearing a mask, they can't see when you smile, for instance. So there's an impairment. Uh, and, and that's really the mindset shift that has to happen. Before we get into the content creation, I don't want to overwhelm and scare people, but you need to be digital first. So, and this is actually the subject I've, I'm, I'm just starting to write it. So you're getting a preview of my next book. What does digital first mean? Well, where is the digital buyer today? Okay, how do they consume content digitally? Well, they're, when they're online, generally they're doing one of three things. Other than watching TV on Netflix or Amazon Prime, they are either searching for content, they are reading emails. Yes, people still do read emails, especially in B2B, or they are on social media. So the interesting part, Bill, that I find is that, oh, I don't have time to blog and create podcasts. So that content piece for search, ideally, that's your company. Your company is creating great content at every stage of the buyer's journey so that whenever a client has a need or you perceive they have a need, you want to offer a solution, you have the white paper, you have the recorded webinar, you, you have whatever blog content is from your company, and you don't need to be creating that, but you need to be facilitating that and really making sure it gets in their hands and being able to explain it to them, right? Um, but that's how you cover the search. And I, you know, when we get into, however, when we get out of the blogosphere, okay, when we get into things like YouTube and podcasting, that's where people are doing better than brands. There's a lot of reasons why brands haven't, they don't see the ROI podcasting, they're afraid to go on video. So if you love to speak like Bill does, and you want to help other salespeople as a mentor, and you enjoy doing that, then a podcast is is a great thing to do. But then, you know, who is your audience? If you want to mentor salespeople, that's not going to serve you from a business perspective. So am I going to start a podcast about, you know, semiconductor trends? If I'm selling semiconductor, I don't know. I don't know if I have the expertise and information to do that, right? That That's one thing. The video, obviously, is your industry one in which you could create sort of how-to videos, which, which seem to do well. But if that's not the case, don't worry about that. You don't need to create content, but you need to be active because guess what? Social media is that other piece. So ideally, you have a corporate blog and ideally you have a corporate email marketing, marketing automation that's fully integrated with your ABM strategy and the whole bit. And it should work with you, bring people to your website, they download things, they get cookied in, they get retargeted and everything works together, right? But social is where you, as the salesperson, you need to play the big role because uh, you know the algorithms favor people over businesses. So really, you know, this leads to the concept of influence. So I mentioned that analogy of every month I show up and they're waiting to hear from me. Let's say, okay, I'm gonna connect with my clients on LinkedIn and I wanna keep top of mind. But if you're just posting stuff that no one's interested in five times a day, there's no souvenir. They're not looking forward to your posts, right? I almost say you really want to start, you know, take a step back and really think about what is that targeted content that would really interest my target audience? Yes, there is a role for personal content. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't go political or religious or what have you, especially today. Not um, today, but, no. Yeah, <laughs> but, but there is a role for personal of, of being relatable. And this, this is actually getting more and more important. So, you know, number one is understanding that you need to be on social media if you want to meet people today. That, that's a no-brainer. Number two is having a little bit of a strategy with, with that content and really mixing in the personal, which makes you more relatable, which makes you more memorable. Undoubtedly, I got a lot of client calls in, in Japan because I was light-skinned. I did not look like the other Japanese salespeople. So that definitely, it worked against me in some companies, but it worked for me in way more companies. You need to have a relatable side to you as well. 
And once we, we do that, then, you know, really the key in, in, in social of building influence, it's a combination of content and engagement. So I only talk about the content piece. The engagement piece is you actually showing up and engaging with your network of actually liking their posts, commenting, using it. If I have a, you know, if I have a CRM and I have a thousand contacts in my CRM, I would, you know, I would basically go through every day. If you go through 30 of those in the course of a month, you've touched everyone in your CRM. For instance, that's the sort of mindset. I work with realtors. We, we had this conversation, not B2B sales, but they have these formulas. I'm going to touch X number of people per day, right? Um, they're really good at doing social media. I think a lot of B2B salespeople who haven't done it, I find in every organization I train 10% or 15% are really good at it. The other 85% lack, right? Is to create that formula, create that playbook. Ladies and gentlemen, this does not have to take more than 5, 10, 15 minutes a day because you don't have to create the content. And that's really creating the playbook and the formula then it's just a matter of doing it every day. You know, the first part of the day during lunch hour, end of the day, you don't have to do it on weekends. You don't have to do it when you're traveling, but just doing that, I think you're already going to be above average. You're already going to be doing more than probably what a majority of salespeople are doing today. I have, uh, that's really good. I have uh, recommended that because a lot of times salespeople will come to me and say, okay, I'm sold. I got to do it. Now, what do I do? And I don't get into the personal stuff, but I really do believe that's part of just your personality. It's who you are. So I think that's important. I always say, and, and, and maybe I'm not right here, but what are the top 10 questions that a person would have as they enter into your funnel, top of funnel concerns, questions, like if you're selling a benefits program, commercial benefits uh, to a company, the first question is, why do I even need to change? Or how should I be looking at benefits today differently than I did five years ago or whatever? What are some trends that I should be aware of? Those kinds of things. Is that, is that good advice or is that way too simplistic and kind of elementary? No, I, I, I think you nailed it. I think what is, and, and I tell marketers, right? Salespeople, you understand the pain points and the needs of your clients. So you know those questions that they're asking you, your marketing should be creating content around that. So you should be able to, you don't have to read the content. Or, I mean, you could post the link, but you, you should be able to answer those. And you could sort of write a few sentences. And, and I do this a lot, like on my podcast, what have you. Hey, met a client yesterday. They're really struggling with this. If you're struggling with the same thing, this is what I recommend you do. And obviously it includes my products and services. So yes, you could just do a few second posts and create your own content. Ideally, I'd want that content to come from my company's website and I would share it add in my own little insight, a few sentences, yeah. and, and really using that as a way to, to merge this. I'm not going to go into sales and marketing alignment here, but then everything is working in harmony because you have you on the, you're adding your own personal opinion. They're going to the website where hopefully we have a, improve our chances of closing them. They get cookied in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I was working with a large um, tech company in Canada and there was, there was 1,500 salespeople and we, we went through them 30 at a time and did training for them. And one of the, mm -hmm. one of the most common comments was, well, we do, you know, we, our website, we have a lot of content. Should I just forward people there? And I said, yeah, but I gave them your idea of just, maybe you should write something that said, hey, I thought this article was really good. It's on the blank.com. You should read it. Or if it's a video, shoot a video up front that says, hey, I, I know that how important this topic is to you. We have a video. I just wanted to introduce you to it. It's about three minutes. I hope you enjoy it. And then mix them together. And now you're shooting video, but you're not having to create content. Yeah. You know, you are the face of the company. They're not going to buy 
Okay, I'm, I, you know, whenever I go anywhere in the world, I look around and I say, okay, for every, you know, every light fixture, everything I see, there's a salesperson behind that, that made the sale, right? It, it's, it's an art. So they are not buying from your company. They're buying from you. You have to add that personality, that perspective, that insight. As you said, a video, one or two sentences. Imagine that you're talking to a room of your target clients. And if you look at it that way, that, that is social media. I mean, especially LinkedIn, when you get connected to people. So I, I would agree 100%. Add your color, add your personality, and don't get freaked out by video. And I think one of the good things that's happened out of all the tragedies that's happened with, with the pandemic is that people are used to being on video now. I used to be the same. I, I don't want to show up in a t-shirt. Heck, I'll show up in a t-shirt now. I mean, we're quite used to doing this. So really, hopefully you're just sitting in front. You could record yourself on Zoom and, and boom, you have a little video you can post oh. on LinkedIn. And by the way, video, and I know the one of the reasons you reached out to me, Bill, was you, you saw an article from my website about uh, you know YouTube and, and video. Video is the most powerful form of content. Video is what will attract others to you, which will deepen the relationship. And therefore, if you could just get into a habit, maybe once a week, shooting yep. a one or two minute video, uh, talking to, hey, this is a pain point that my clients had last week. I really want you to understand that you're making a mistake if you're going down this route. Here's my company's perspective. You should check out this you know, blog post, yep. link, and comment. That's a really compelling way. And I think that that becomes the souvenir that I talked about. I think that buyers want to know, they, they, they're looking for information they can't find on the internet. Yeah. You're interfacing with a lot of companies as a salesperson, right? You can say, you know, man, you know, I heard this from a lot of companies recently. And obviously you have an NDA, you're not going to name names, but that becomes really, really powerful content that only you can do. Yeah, that's really good. We're talking with Neil Schaefer today. You can find out more about Neil and get copies of his uh, books. The most recent one is Age of Influence. Go to neilschaefer.com. Neil, the time we have left, let's talk about LinkedIn for a bit. Uh, since you have written extensively on that. Follow uh, Neil on Twitter too, because he's always posting really good articles uh, uh, from his website on Twitter. Um, give us one or two things that you think people either miss on LinkedIn or should do. Just give us a couple of little tactics or tips that you have witnessed in your work with companies. You know, LinkedIn requires uh, a step-by-step -step process. And the first process, which I think is actually the most important process, is the profile. And I think that just a lot of people take it for granted, but that, that is, I mean, that's your website, right? And there's a lot of people that say a lot of things about it, but I really want you to begin to think more and more visual with your profile. The visuals really are the ones that sort of stick out. And when I do these audits of, of salespeople, you know, there's always, in fact, maybe that's, that's another approach I could take here. I should, I should take on my notes, but there's always 10 or so areas that most salespeople fail at. One is visuals. So you have a background cover that can really catch the eye. That can help really differentiate yourself. You know, uh, I work with a lot of insurance sales, uh, sales professionals. And one that I remember was a woman and, you know, there's a picture of a sailboat. And you're like, huh, what's that? And you go into a profile. She's actually a sailboat racer, right? Obviously, if, you're, if, if she's trying to sell insurance to boat owners, that's awesome. But it, it's one of those personal things that might relate to people that enjoy sailing or you know what I mean? Don't just put some boring corporate, you know, image up there behind you. Put something that can really draw people in. You can have some text as well, but really try to make it memorable. The other one, obviously you have your profile photo, which I know, you know, you need to do professional. The other one that's really got a lot of attention with a lot of LinkedIn experts recently is the featured section. So LinkedIn has always allowed you underneath your summary, underneath each professional experience to upload 
you know, visuals or links to YouTube videos, PDFs. And these really stick out the one right underneath your summary. So that's one area that I don't see a lot of people leveraging. And it could be, you could add a website link. It'll show up as a visual, any YouTube videos your company has, any, you know, uh, downloads for eBooks, white papers, webinars, I would definitely take advantage of that from a visual perspective. And then from a textual branding perspective, the mistake I see a lot make is they don't really go deep enough into their past. They still think of LinkedIn as a resume. And I mentioned that, you know, I sold before my current company, the last company I worked at, there were other companies I worked at. That's all experience. That's all keywords. That's all different data points that help me connect to others. That is something that I recommend you further flesh out not only your, your your summary, your current experience, your past experience, and add all that in there because it's all part of who you are. It's all part of your DNA. And I think it's actually going to add value. Don't treat LinkedIn as a resume, treat it as an inbound marketing tool. And I think those, you know, if I was going to say two things, those would be two of the most important things to, to point out. I had a, uh, a buyer from a fortune, I think maybe thousand company. He's a, it was a purchasing agent and he was in one of my programs because he has a side business and wants to need to know how to sell. But mm-hmm. he, he made a comment a couple months ago. He said, I get calls, I get emails from salespeople all the time, obviously. He said, the first thing I do is I go to their LinkedIn page and if they offer me nothing of value, they don't get a call back. I'm just not going to see them. He says, if they offer a PDF or something or a video or something where I say, this person has expertise, which is back to your, you know, the whole trust expertise factor, then right. I will consider if it fits calling them back. But he said, if you don't have anything on your LinkedIn page, you're of no value to me. And he, he was kind of sharp about it, but it's like, well, that's a Fortune 1000 buyer. Maybe we should listen to that. And that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it, it's that concept that is your website. And when people do a Google search for you, I Google salespeople that, you know, reach out to, I'm sure you do as well. But, you know, that is what shows up in the top one, two, three, go to your profile. You know, you you have that branded headline, you have your summary. And yeah, are you, you know, if it's written in third person immediately, you need to tell your story, you need to tell how you help clients. If you were to meet a potential buyer for the first time, how would you talk about yourself? Yeah. So these are things that you really, you know, it's never too late, which is great. You could start tomorrow and do all this. And I think you'll do very well, but sometimes you just need to take a look at your profile and is it really working for you? Because guess what? It's competition. There's only so many LinkedIn profiles the buyer's going to go to. There's only so many buyers they're going to interface with. You want to make sure you make it on the short list because people are getting better at this, right? It's not like 10 years ago where people are trying to figure it out. There's a lot of blog posts, a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, you know, a lot of people like Bill that are teaching you a lot on this. So the competition is getting harder and harder. It's really time, especially with this pandemic and this, this digital first mindset that you need to have. Start with those tips. Um, and only when you get that, you know, the profile, whatever you do on LinkedIn, if you put out a link or what have you, they're going to go back to your profile, right? All roads lead to your profile. And that's why make sure you have that in order first before you do anything else I talked about. Yeah. I've got a, a client who's in the uh, digital marketing business and he says, if you make it easy to contact you and to buy from you, people will choose that. They're not going to look at 17 different vendors today because people are, people are moving quick. You know what? I yeah. need sales training for my program in Poughkeepsie. Well, I'm not going to look at 19 sales trainers. I'm going to look at the first ones that pop up. You know what? I've heard Kasky's podcast. I've heard Neil's podcast. I'm going to go with them. It's, and that's the beautiful thing about being there digitally. You'll get that call. If you're not there, you won't. 
influence is really interesting. And you know, I'm not talking about content creators per se, but when you begin to do that and you begin to publish a lot of content and share a lot of content, now people start doing searches and they find you more and more. Obviously, if, if you have a podcast and, and YouTube, it's even better, but you just start showing up and it's only so many people. I mean, when I do a search, I'll go to Google first page, I'll open up the first link, first 10 links and that's it. You want to be one of those 10, right? And, you know, consistency and just doing it in longevity are really key here. This doesn't happen overnight, but most people stop before they reach any results. I urge you to keep going. And I think, yeah, you can become, you know, whether it's in your industry for a certain locale or what have you, if you keep at it and follow this advice, it, it does work. Neil, thanks for being on today, my friend. It's been hey, good. Thanks, and we'll, we'll do it again. Maybe we can get into your new book, digital, the digital transformation book coming soon. You heard it here. Thanks for your time today, buddy. Thank you, my friend.